Welcome to the Pilot Podcast, where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and recap other shows to answer your question, should I watch this? My name is BJ. And my name is Mitu. And this week we're checking out the new ABC drama, Grand Hotel. So stay tuned to the end to find out if BJ is secretly pregnant by a hotel heir. I hope not. That would Me be quite too. a surprise. I guess we'd all be surprised. Very surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this show, Grand Hotel, is actually an American remake of a Spanish TV series called Gran Hotel. And it takes place in Miami Beach. And we're looking at the Mendoza family with their hotel. And it's all about Santiago Mendoza, who has a new second wife, Gigi, who brings along her two daughters, some twins. And then he has his own children, Alicia and Javi. And the whole setup or premise for this first episode is that they're actually planning to sell their hotel. You have characters like Alicia who doesn't want to sell the hotel because it's something her mother started and there's this whole family owned aspect to it. And then you have Gigi who may or may not be in this just to get more money for herself. And that's our basic conflict. There's a lot of other secrets and scandals. There's also this hurricane in the opening where a woman, quote unquote, disappears, looked more like she was kidnapped or murdered. But we'll find out more in the coming episodes, I suppose. It seems as though at least Gigi and Santiago know what happened to that woman mm -hmm. because she was a line cook who worked for the hotel. And it looked like in the opening scene, and this isn't much of a spoiler in that it happens in truly the first 20 seconds. It looks like Gigi might be threatening to fire her or something. And she tells Gigi that she knows what they've been up to at the hotel. And moments later, she disappears. So there's more to discover there, clearly. Mm -hmm. Because this show is super complicated with lots of side stories outside of that quick premise that you provided. How did you like it? I know sometimes you don't love a juicy, juicy show. I liked the setup, even though there are a lot of different intertwined storylines. I didn't think that made it too hard to get into. I found it pretty easy to keep up with each storyline as they brought it in. There are a lot of characters which can make it confusing, but I do think they do a good job of blending the cast. Although it kind of makes the hotel and like the world of the hotel seem kind of small since everyone is running into everyone all the time. Yes. But I think that's just for the sake of a good TV show, you need all your characters to interact regularly. But I actually liked how they set things up. What about you? I liked it too. I think this episode was a little bit predictable. There were a couple big twists toward the end that you and I called maybe as soon as we saw those people. Mm -hmm. But there's something nice, like we said about Big Bang Theory, there's just something nice about a show that is giving you what you expect of it. So with regard to Big Bang, that's turning off your brain and laughing at some silly jokes for 20 minutes. And for this show, it's knowing that some drama is finna go down. And I like that the drama isn't as over the top as some other series. Like there's definitely snarky comments, people hooking up with each other, conflicts related to money, pregnancy, relationships. But what this show immediately makes me think of is the Dynasty reboot on CW. And that has very over the top drama and scenes and interactions. Mm -hmm. And this feels like it's 
toned down. It's still unbelievable, but it feels toned down to a more realistic scenario where it's like, it sucks that this much drama is happening to one family, but the things that are happening are a believable set of events, just all condensed into like a day. Does that make sense? Yeah. You and I went to college with a lot of very rich kids, and it doesn't feel out of pocket to imagine some of them behaving this way if they were given a hotel as a playground. So the storyline of Rosalind Sanchez, Gigi Mendoza's kids fighting over that music celebrity star that they both wanted to sleep with, the story of Alicia coming back from business school and thinking that she can save the hotel, Javi being the 'er ne'er-do-well son who has a complicated relationship with his father who kind of shames him for having a prosthetic leg and takes that out on him by not working, collecting a salary, and sleeping with all of the hotel guests. All of these things are things I could see rich people doing. Which child do you think you would be like if you were in the Mendoza family? It's difficult to say because this is why. And I usually fall for your little scenarios. It's not a trap. Okay. It's complicated because as someone who didn't grow up filthy rich and a hotel heiress, it's hard for me to say which child I would be like if I were just coming into it now. So they decided, for example, to do some kind of scholarship program where they adopt a 28-year-old woman so she doesn't have to work anymore, then I would be the absent Mendoza child. I'd be like, thank you for the check, y'all. This has been really real. I would come home for holidays, seem super devoted for those periods of time, and then otherwise mind my own business because it seems like her father is in a lot of shady business deals and I would not want my imprint on that. Wow, you're going to abandon your family? Yeah, my family that strangely took me in after I turned 28. Yeah, they took you in, they're supporting you, and then you're just leaving them. I'm coming home for holidays. I'm buying Gigi's BS story about sharing a necklace with someone else in order to get me to feel affection for her. I'm hanging out with Mrs. P, talking smack about the personnel with her. I'm totally ingratiating myself with the folks of this hotel. But then I live my own life somewhere else. Wow, that comes across as very fake. What would you do? I'm not a Mendoza, but Me you brought neither. up a point that I think is really interesting that Gigi knew, we don't know her name, but Santiago's first wife. So Gigi and Alicia's mother were best friends and they had those matching necklaces that apparently Gigi bought for them when they were younger. So how do you feel about the whole idea that Alicia's stepmother is her late mother's best friend? I thought that was a wonderful twist to give away immediately. I guess not even a twist, but a plot point. Like, there's such juicy stuff coming that will throw y'all the bone of knowing immediately that Gigi was best friends with the mom who died mysteriously very young. Yeah. I think it was an out of the blue heart attack. But I don't know many young fit people who just have heart attacks, right? In the world of Grand Hotel, it's very odd and Mm -hmm. very suspicious. It's also interesting that Gigi doesn't know the story behind Javi's prosthetic leg. 
Basically, listeners, in this episode, Santiago explains to Gigi that the reason that Javi is still on the payroll as she's pressuring him to think through how they can cut the budget of the hotel because they owe so much money to so many different shady characters. And she wants him to start with cutting Javi off the payroll because they pay him to sit around and sleep with guests, essentially. And Santiago says that he is the reason Javi has lost his leg. Mm -hmm. Which, quick side note, this is now the third show we've seen with a character who has a physical disability, but the actor is at least relative to the disability they're displaying, able-bodied. I even read this article that was like, we took it super seriously and went to this prosthetics clinic, but then was anyone there talented that seemed like they could be fun for this role? Because Brian Craig is a soap opera legend and is wonderful on the show as Javi, truly wonderful, but he could have been wonderful as any of the other characters. Or they also could have said something else happened to him that the father is guilty of and not losing a leg. Yeah. It also got really awkward when he hooked up with another hotel guest that he met at the pool. And she seemed very interested in the story behind his leg. He told what we're assuming is a lie that he lost it uh, while overseas fighting in the military. And then when they were hooking up, she kept trying to touch it. And he like left the cover over the end of it that you would like the sock you would put on before putting on your prosthetic. Yes. And she kept trying to remove that. And he was like, no, stop. Like We can do whatever else. Just don't touch that. And she did it like three times. And then he got violent trying to tell her no. And it was just super creepy and off-putting that she was very adamant about touching that area. It's one thing to fetishize sleeping with someone with a disability. That's already gross. But then if that person still recognizing your fetish, but indulging you because they themselves want to sleep with someone else and maybe don't care. Okay, but then to go so far as to violate his personal space by doing something as intimate as trying to take the sleeve off of his leg is wild. She also reacted to his anger as if she knew him the way she said Javi was really weird. Like, you always let me do that. She didn't say that, but that was the tone of how she said his name, which was weird. It was all weird. And she was like, my boyfriend's right there in the pool watching us talk. I wonder if that was written from any place of truth. I mean, there are people who fetishize all kinds of folks. That scenario is believable. It reminds me of In the Dark, the CW show, that scene that we saw where the lead of the show plays someone who is blind and her coworker picks her up from somewhere and he's on a date and the date sits in the back seat, looks at her and goes, you don't look blind, which was wild too. But I bet people experience dumb things like that all the time and offensive sure. and violating things like that all the time. What an uncomfortable compliment to receive. You don't look like you have any disabilities. That's not a compliment. That's like when people tell you you're articulate. I think next we should dive in to some fun, juicy, because you like juicy drama, conspiracies or kind of theories we have. You want to start? I have the one strong theory mm -hmm. that Danny, the new server that the hotel has hired, mm -hmm. who 
comes from potentially a sketchy background, not sure he's actually a server. Mm-hmm. I have a theory that he is either military or police or something, because there are a couple things he does in the episode that strike me as something someone would do if they were some sort of first responder or someone who has served. For example, Alicia has the strange habit of drowning herself to find peace. <laughs> She's just thinking, face down in the water, floating. So when he happens upon her, still in the pool, face down in the water, he kind of mutters to himself, ugh, as if he can't help the impulse. Mm-hmm. And he jumps into the pool, shoes, socks, phone, wallet, clothes and all to get her out of there. And so there's a couple scenes like that that indicate to me that he likely isn't a server mm-hmm. and likely is maybe investigating the disappearance of that line cook. Yes, who we find out more about their connection at the end of the episode. Yes. I think that's a good theory. You brought it up early in the episode when we were watching, and we just kept seeing more and more things that supported that. Yeah. You're definitely thinking like a writer on this show. I'm also thinking like someone who loves a good telenovela type show. That's Mm -hmm. why I loved Ugly Betty, loved Jane the Virgin, loved Devious Maids, and here we are with Grand Hotel. What about you? Any fun predictions? I think in terms of the whole finance behind the hotel and needing to sell it, that Alicia and Javi have some more ownership or title to the hotel than Santiago is letting on, that maybe their mother left a portion, maybe even all of it to them, but Santiago is trying to like get out of some debt, handle some business deals without letting his children know this is actually y'all's hotel. That would be juicy because you know they've never asked to look at a single contract or paperwork or anything associated with the hotel. He's paying Javi. He sent Alicia to school. So they have no reason to think that he's like withholding money from them. That's a good theory. So we'll see how that goes because it seems like finances are going to be a big storyline in this show. You're a little Marie Kondo. You have a good mind for mess. Thank you. Of course. Me too. All this talk of lying and missing people has me asking myself the big question. How do I hug my friends as tightly as possible while I'm alive? No. How do I stay sexy and not get murdered? Well, good luck for you and our listeners. This episode is brought to you by Audible, where you can find Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered by Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark of My Favorite Murder fame. Just what I needed. Just go to audibletrial.com slash thepilotpod. You'll get a free 30-day trial membership, be able to browse their unmatched selection of audio programs, and pick a title to download free and start listening. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash thepilotpod. Happy listening. And now back to our show. So, Beach, I want to talk about these twins. The pretty one and the frumpy one? So, can we talk about that framing? Because with Yoli, the frumpy one, it was just a question of how they dressed her and how they did her makeup and also how she carried herself because she also had the posture of, I'm the ugly one. Yeah, they were like, Carolina is a little taller and she's a little more confident. So she's going to be the hot twin. I thought initially that Carolina might even be a little bit thinner and maybe body size is what they're using for attractiveness. Mm -hmm. But I actually think they're not even that different in size. They're just putting literally frumpier clothes on Yoli. Yeah. And then it's even crazier because Carolina is jealous of Yoli. Yes. 
and hooks up with El Rey, who shows interest in Yoli, even though Carolina was getting married the next day. <laughs> that was some good juice, though. But yeah, it was very strange. It felt like it could have been either sister, and maybe that's what the show is trying to get us to buy into, is the absurdity of this family drama, because even their mom, Gigi, said at Carolina's bridal shower brunch that she and Yoli were, quote, obviously fraternal twins. So who do you think started the whole frumpy twin mentality? Because Yoli called herself the frumpy one. It seems like that's been their dynamic for their whole lives. And in my mind, I'm hoping the show is indicating that that's more a state of mind than actually an indictment on Yoli's appearance because she's Mm -hmm. a beautiful woman, as is Carolina. But I think that because Yoli has been called the frumpy one, she carries herself a certain way and has the personality of someone who has accepted this conceit that she is not as attractive as her fraternal twin sister. That makes sense. If you keep hearing something negative about yourself, after a while, you can start to believe it and then it can like manifest somewhat or you just don't show yourself to be as beautiful as you probably are. Exactly. It's like the secret. You manifest things. What's the secret? The secret is that book, and I believe it's a theory. The dude was on Oprah all the time, and basically the idea is that if you are specific and intentional enough about what you're putting out into the universe and requesting and working toward, you'll get it. Oh, that's where that came from. I hear that all the time. I mean, I'm sure the phrase precedes the secret because i feel like i've heard that for a long time but i definitely think it was pushed by the secret oh that's pretty cool yeah oprah had all of us believe and we could just wish our way to her position so speaking of people one of the people behind this show on the executive production team is eva longoria what a segue speaking of people humans human eva longoria life living things eva longoria (laughs) Photosynthesis. Prediction. Eva Longoria. You know, everything is only six degrees away from Eva Longoria. Did you know that? How are you six degrees from Eva Longoria? I am alive. I watched Grand Hotel. (laughs) (laughs) She's an executive producer. Only three degrees. You didn't even need the other three. Go ahead, Kevin Bacon. That's how close I am to her. I am a fan of hers. And she's a fan, apparently, of the people she works with. Because she's brought back some of her old co-workers, writers, producers, her old teammates. Yeah, the person who wrote this episode, Brian Tannen, actually wrote on Devious Maids. And you said that El Rey worked with her as well? Yes, the actor Giancarlos Canella. He was on Telenovela, which was an NBC sitcom that I really liked that unfortunately got canceled. And he was one of the lead actors with her. As was my icon, Rosalind Sanchez, who was on Devious Maids. She was also delightful in the movie Rush Hour 2. And this has nothing to do with Eva Longoria, but Wendy Raquel Robinson is on this show, and I live for her. And every moment that she had on the show was, I think, a bit of a scene-stealing moment for her. And I hope we get to see more of her. Because Wendy Raquel Robinson has the range to do drama. We saw that on the game. She doesn't always just need to be the sassy, funny woman. And I'm excited to see her get that opportunity on this show. Do you think she will get wrapped up or is already wrapped up in the secrets and conspiracies? I think she is inherently wrapped up because 
She is so close to Santiago Mendoza. I'm sure she's at least getting a whiff of something going on if she's not explicitly involved. And she has her son working there. So she's in Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Because he's the one who shows Danny the ropes. They're both servers. I am disappointed that right now she's suspicious of Danny when, I mean, we don't have too much to go off of, but I'm hashtag team Danny. Same. And I don't want her to like accidentally fire him because of a misunderstanding. I'm also kind of hashtag team Gigi. Really? Gigi? I really want to know more about her character. So she tried to manipulate Alicia by bringing up the memory of Alicia's mom who passed away, who was also Gigi's best friend. And you, at least in the moment, kind of bought it that she Mm -hmm. was really establishing this connection with Alicia. And then as soon as Alicia left the room, she immediately switches off and is like, Girl, that little trinket I gave her don't mean nothing to me. You know her mama is a sore spot, and I'm just trying to bring her into the fold and control her to make sure that she doesn't work against our interests. Mm -hmm. And so I loved seeing that flip in her, and I think maybe for some people that's a little bit ridiculous, but for me, I feel like it totally fits the theme of this show, which is mess. That's fair. And as we see throughout the episode, Gigi is not as much of a villain with the stereotypical evil stepmom as we initially might believe when we find out Santiago is the one who wanted to sell the hotel. Yeah. As another prediction, I could see she and Alicia working together on some things because I think that Santiago really pulled the rug out from under both of them Mm -hmm. because I don't think she knows the full extent to which he is in debt and to which shady characters he's in debt to. Mm -hmm. And obviously, Alicia is unaware of the full problem. And I bet that they're both going to feel betrayed and duped and they might put aside their differences to work together a couple times before backstabbing each other. I think that'll be the cycle of their relationship. I can see that. Well, I think that just about covers all the characters, all the major plot points that we've discovered in this pilot episode. So do you want to head into our rating? Yes. Beach, what would you rate ABC's Grand Hotel? I would rate it, would watch again casually. Really? How do you define that? I am not going to watch it every week. I think because it's a summer show, I'm super comfortable recommending to our listeners to watch it seriously. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely going to watch it seriously. Mm -hmm. I think if this were in the fall, to be completely honest, if it were competing with the other fall shows I watch in the main TV season, then I probably wouldn't watch it. But I think it's perfectly made to be consumed as a summer juicy drama. And I personally am all in and I would recommend it to our listeners as well. This was super fun and breezy and served its purpose. It's a show that knows exactly what it's supposed to be, which I love. Mm -hmm. I like that perspective. If you want to find out other shows that we recommend, head to our website at thepilotpodcast.com. And you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. And be sure to leave us a rating and review. It actually really helps other people find our podcast. True. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at The Pilot Pod. You can like us on Facebook at The Pilot Podcast. You can send us thoughts, your feelings, television show suggestions, questions to askthepilotpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.